When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is brought to you by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official healthcare provider of Rutgers Athletics. Welcome to another edition of the Inside Rutgers Athletics Podcast. This is Jimmy Gill. Great to be joined today by Rutgers baseball head coach Steve Owens for his weekly update. The Scarlet Knights split four games in College Park, Maryland this weekend, lost 13-8 on Friday before sweeping the Saturday doubleheader 9-3, and 8-7. to seven. Terrapins won on Sunday, 9-5. to five. So, Coach, what were your takeaways from the series? I thought it was, I mean, it was a very exciting series. Um, you know, the first day was, uh, we kind of, we were right on the, right on the cusp of, of expanding a lead and, and, and uh, maybe on our way to winning on a Friday and, and things kind of fell apart for us a little bit, um, battled back a little bit, but, um, that game kind of got away and it was, that was a little bit of a bummer, but um, you know, we're playing four game weekends. So our guys came back, you know, very strong on Saturday and played a complete day, not just a good inning or, or a good game. They played a complete day. I was really proud of them for that. And then Sunday we just pitched, um, we got off to a bad start pitching, um, you know, which happened the week before too. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was tough. We got the game back to one, I think, in the fifth or sixth, and then they expanded it again. So kind of, uh, you know, it was a tough weekend for all the pitchers to pitch because the field was playing small. The wind was blowing out. It was warm. Um, a lot of balls in the air went over the fence. So there ended up being a combined 20 home runs in the weekend series, four games. So Chris Brito did have four of them. He was named a National Player of the Week from Collegiate Baseball today. He ended up with nine hits and 18 at-bats, slugging percentage of 1.278, 23 total bases, nine RBIs. Coach, how have you seen Chris evolve as a hitter in these two years you've worked with him? Been great. Um, he's He's become more of a complete hitter, as you can see you know, with his batting average. Uh, so he's, he's kind of checking all the boxes right now with scoring runs, getting hits, hitting for a high average. His power numbers are off the charts. His RBI numbers are off the charts. Um, his total bases are off the charts and he's, he's, uh, he's swinging at good pitches and not missing them. 
and he's not chasing. And so he's, you know, he's put a lot of tools in his toolbox and, and he's, like I said, he's checking a lot of boxes right now, doing a lot of really good stuff, seeing the ball well and looking very comfortable, relaxed and confident. And we hope it stays like that for 11 more weekends. So overall through eight games, team is averaging 7.2 runs per game. That's tied with Michigan for the big 10 lead. What is your thoughts right now on the offense two weeks in? Well, it's been great. You know, um, it, it's fun to watch. It's fun to be a part of. Uh, I think Kyle and Cog's done a good job with the hitters. They're prepared, and uh, and we've made improvements from last year. And we're pretty big in physical, so there's some power through our lineup, um, which is kind of exciting too. You know, so we're hitting for a decent average. Um, you know, we've hit a lot of home runs and doubles, and um, you know, I think we're putting we're putting starting pitchers. You know kind of in a tough spot too. We're, we're putting good pitch counts on them earlier in games and getting into bullpens and stuff like that. So, you know, we're, we're not perfect. Um, we're striking out too much. Uh, we could move runners and get, get some guys in who are in scoring position without hits. Um, at times we, we give away an easy inning. Uh, we're punching out looking too often, but we, we've faced really good pitching too. Um, so it's, it's a challenge, uh, but I think we're, you know, the guys certainly are, are doing a good job. And if we could keep scoring at this level, you know, we're, we're really we're really happy with our progress and our chances of winning. So now breaking down the series at Maryland, the Friday game jumped out to a 3 to nothing lead against a high draft prospect in Sean Burke. Uh, but Harry Rutkowski, four walks, just uncharacteristic for him. What did you see from Harry, and how do you think he can bounce back? Yeah, I mean, Harry, bad for Harry is good for a lot of other guys, right? So um, he, he wasn't perfect on Friday. You know, we, we uh, I think they had a good approach on him, and they he made a couple mistakes. And I think, the you know, the – the big one was, I think he gave up three home runs, but the one that hurt was the three-run homer, and, and that kind of, you know, changed momentum a little bit. But uh, Harry, Harry did, um, you know, he competed, just made a couple mistakes, which happens, you know, when you're out there um, on a Friday and you're trying to get hitters out and there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement around the ballpark. You know, every now and then you make mistakes. So um, I'm not disappointed. Like, it's part of baseball. It happens. We picked him up the next day. And uh, we're excited to give him the ball again on Friday and, and have him go do his job again. And then team did bounce back, another 3 to nothing lead on Saturday. And that was a seven-inning game. Does it change as far as the approach in a seven-inning game? And how was Ben Woreski able to pitch pretty well in that game? Well, Ben's been very consistent. Um, so he's, he's pitched well. He hasn't given up a lot of hits. Uh, he doesn't walk guys. Controls the running game well. So he's been very, been very good so far this year in his two starts. Seven innings is a little bit shorter. Um, hitting into a double play or not taking advantage of your scoring opportunities, um, you know, could do you in in a seven-inning game. Um, you try not to play it differently, but when you start the game, it's like the third inning of a nine-inning game already. So it goes by pretty quick. And, and uh, you know, offensively, we may sacrifice bunt more or do, do little things to try to create something early because you may only turn your lineup over three times uh, on a good day. So, um, but, you know, again, a game's a game. This one's shorter. Um, and, you know, we, we did a good job of expanding that lead late, which helped us not have to bring Brian Fitzpatrick in the game and allowed Kyle Muller to stay out there. Uh, and he did a super job 
and then we were able to use Fitzy to close, you know, really close second game. So uh, that was important uh, to keep to keep that game uh, to expand the lead a little bit. You know, we try to teach our guys every you know every run counts. Like if you're winning by a little bit, you want to expand it because it changes you know, what pitchers you may or may not have to use to, to complete the game. And then it changes the next game and then it changes the next game. So everything's related in a, in a long series like that. Moving to the nightcap, it was a 8-7 game and nine inning regulation. Maryland this time did jump out on top, but the team was able to come back. Uh, what were you able to see from that offensively as far as going against Maryland? And then Brent Teller, what have you seen from him through two starts? Well, the second game was, was a really exciting game going right down to the last pitch. Um, and, uh, so that was, there was a lot of good stuff that happened in that game and being on your feet from, you know, nine in the morning till, till seven 30 at night is difficult on, on all parties. That's just a long time to play, but, um, it was a great day, you know, probably one of the better days that I've had as a coach. Um, you know, they're, they're very good. Their pitching is, is, you know, they got really good pitching and, uh, you know, again, we knew the, the, the games could be high scoring because of the, the field conditions, uh, and, and that's what happened. Um, and then, um, you know, Brent, Brent struggled a little bit with his command. Um, you know, he got hit a little bit. Uh, we're going to make some changes and kind of tweak some things a little bit, uh, try to do things, you know, go about, go about business with him a little bit different, get some work done in the bullpen this week and evaluate some stuff and see if we can get him on track. We need more length out of our starters. Um, you know, it's important. We we have a good bullpen, and we're excited about our bullpen, but but we need our starting pitchers to to be able to have all three or four of their pitches and be able to get through lineups, you know, three times before we have to turn it over to the pen. So you mentioned in game one how the team was able to expand the lead, and Kyle Muller just went the rest of the way to finish, and that saved Brian Fitzpatrick for game two. So what, what qualities does he have that make him a closer? Uh, he's... He understands baseball, number one, and then he's he's talented. I mean, he's six seven lefty with good good stuff, good velocity, good spin. He doesn't give in. He's we've put him in tough spots, pressure situations. He seems to handle it, relish it. So we, you know, he has trusted himself, and his teammates are excited when he's out there. And uh, so far, he's been great. Um, Kyle has set him up twice. You know, once by completing a game where we didn't have to use Brian. And then, you know, back uh, in game one, I think against Indiana, he gave us a clean inning in a tough spot in a close game and handed it over to Fitzy then. So those two guys have been really good in the pen. So that ended up being the second time Rutgers has swept a Big Ten doubleheader since joining the conference. And then moving to the Sunday game, did score first with a run in the first inning. Josh Rodriguez had a pretty good weekend. What have you seen from Josh so far? Josh has been one of the more consistent players on the team. Uh, he's worked really hard in the past year, learned a lot, I think, from his freshman year and from some failure, and and has has really transformed himself into a special player to watch. So we're excited about his start to the season. You know, he's been putting himself in a better situation to go out in the outfield and play defense as well as hit. But he's uh, he's commanded the the batter's box. He's He's been in control of the tempo of his at-bats. He's swinging at good pitches and not missing them. He's getting on base at a high level, and then he's hitting for power. Uh, he's a presence, you know, at the top of the lineup. So um, he's set the tone for us almost every day. And there was a lot of big hits, you know, in 
there was a lot of big hits all weekend. Um, you know, huge hits from a lot of different players. I think, you know, one of the, one of a real important hit for uh, Pete Ceruto had a two RBI single with two outs, um, which was a big hit. I don't remember what game that was in. That was a big hit. And then, you know, Brito and Rodriguez and Sweeney uh, and DiGiorgio all had multiple big hits, um, you know, and, and uh, some of our other guys kind of grinded out things at times. Grant Schulman had a couple, did a couple good things on, on base too. And Neister had a solid weekend. So we get, we got production from several guys for sure. The lineup did fall behind early in that, in that Sunday game, but came back and made it a two run game. Is that just sort of what you want to see from this team resilience all the way through? Well, yeah, we need to play hard um, from this time. The game starts until the time the game ends, you know, that's, that that's, just a basic philosophy that, you know, they don't add the score up until 27 outs and uh, a lot of stuff can happen. Um, so, you know, you, you have to keep playing because the game can turn really quickly. And, um, and even, you know, even in a loss, you can, you can get another good reliever in there. If you get back in the game, you can put 25 pitches on, you know, a setup guy, you can bring in a left-handed specialist and put a couple hits on him and, you get eyes on these guys that that wouldn't be in the game in meaningful situations if you can get back in it. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the guys we've you know, we've showed that we can jump out early. We can expand that we can come from behind and that we can, you know, we can have a lead in the middle and expand it and we can win in close one run games, too. So kind of the whole gamut has kind of showed up for us so far in, in a lot of different ways. And lastly, on the Sunday game, you mentioned after the game how Justin Sinibaldi really showed something to the staff. What did he show to everybody? He was nervous because he's a freshman, and that's a tough spot. But he he showed, you know, composure. He pounded the strike zone. He threw a good a good fastball and really spun a breaking ball in the strike zone and out of the strike zone when needed. He controlled the game very well and settled it down for us. And you know he's a he's a big kid like six four six five lefty, you know young kid still figuring things out. But that's got to be a big confidence booster for him, and that puts him, you know, puts him in the mix for continued meaningful opportunities because he earned it. And now looking ahead, Scarlet Knights will head home to Baton Field for the first time this season for a three-game series against Ohio State starting on Friday. Ohio State won three out of four against Illinois their first week. And then last week they were in Minneapolis. They split four games, two against Iowa, two against Nebraska. So, and they're usually an NCAA caliber team. What is the early look at Ohio State? Looking at them right now, just kind of getting around to that. You know, again, it takes a little bit to to get, you know, finish up one weekend, move on to the next. Um, but we know how good they are. Um, you know, one of the top teams in the conference year in, year out, big physical kids, you know, power arms, um, and, and a deep roster. So, you know, they'll, we're happy we're at home, you know, not having to travel this week. Hopefully the, the weather cooperates and, and allows us to play as scheduled. So we don't have to play another double header. We're, we're excited for the opportunity. We're going to, you know, we're going to rest up and, and, um, and then, you know, start start our preparation tomorrow and um, and hopefully be ready for, for a fun weekend. And then this will be the first weekend series against the Big Ten team since Baton Field was redone in the fall of 2019. So, Coach, can you just tell us how 
with the with the fences moved in and with the new turf, how the field has been playing in practice? Yeah, I mean the the field's beautiful. The field itself is beautiful. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of a state of the art type turf. There's three or four different length turfs in there. It's striped. The mound, the bullpens, and the home plate area, and all the skin, the old skin area on a regular field are all a different type of turf with olive pits as the inlay uh, from California. So it kind of plays like clay. It's very firm to run on and it's fast. So it's a little different than the traditional rubber bouncy turf that that we all play on. You know, the the warning track is has a different you know different feel to it, and it, uh, so. You know, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, it's it's well, you know, it's well branded. Um, the fences have been reconfigured, so they're more in line with a regular, you know, Division One baseball venue size-wise, uh, modern day type field. Uh, the lines didn't change. The gaps are like 370. Uh, it's like 395 to center field. Um, we took a little bit of the foul territory away, and um, you know, have done several other enhancements. You know, uh, over the course of the past year. Uh, so we're excited to, to play there. You know, it's, it's been a good practice venue for us and, and we're comfortable out there. So looking forward to having the opportunity to play home games. And all three games this weekend will be streamed on big 10 network plus and WRSU Rutgers student radio. will have the call. So Rutgers versus Ohio state starts Friday at 2 PM. We look forward to that and coach. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for listening to the inside Rutgers athletics podcast.